afternoon, and we are glad that you could join us here today for this Lenten service as we continue our theme of witnesses, reflecting today on those who have been healed by the grace of God. Following the service today, you are invited to a soup lunch being served in Reformation Hall. On the menu is beef and barley stew. In the atrium today, we have information on Lenten discussion groups that are available throughout the season of Lent. It's not too late to join a group. Jordan Stone will also be administering a survey on behalf of the Care and Health Department. And you are still invited to schedule your appointment for our upcoming church photo directory. Stop by the desk if you still need to make an appointment. Lastly, we invite you to stop by the gathering room this afternoon for the first showcase of our Lenten art series. Today, Mike Meinhardt, a member of the congregation, will have paintings on display for you to view, and Mike will be available for conversation as well. This concludes our time of announcements. Please prepare your hearts and minds for worship as we listen to the prelude.
You'll be seated. Uh, we're going a little off script today, but if there are any children in the audience or those young at heart, I invite you to come up for the children's message. I think I see one, but if we're a little shy, that's totally fine. Is your mic on? I think so. Let me double check. Let's just double check. Oh, it is? Yes. It's my here. Okay, yeah. Can I still sit here? Yeah, totally. All right, cool. We got to be summoned. <laughs> so, today's Bible verse is actually ridiculously, hilariously topical today. Um, Jesus is there confronted with illness disease. It's not on. Okay, let me flip it one more time. Hey, there we go. It's hard to get through my robes. Okay, so Jesus in today's verse is faced with illness. And there's lots of rules in the Jewish culture about how we handle illness. Things like don't touch them, make sure that they stay outside of everyone. We call that social distancing, maybe. Um, but Jesus also had his neighbor in front of him who was sitting there and saying, Jesus, I need healing. Uh, and Jesus then responded by healing him. He didn't have to touch him, but he did in this case. Uh, he was uh, recognizing that right in the story afterwards, there's a woman who is dead, and Jesus heals her without touching her. So there wasn't a necessary touching part, but he did it anyway. Um, Jesus actually came to free us from sin, death, the devil, all these voices that loom and gloom over us. Um, but uh, that then frees us to serve our neighbor in a way that we are free to do. Uh, meaning that we can take the precautions that might need to serve our neighbor, but we can also uh, choose to act with conscience in a way that our neighbor needs their needs served. So one way that we can do that is potentially sharing the peace differently. So, each week, we always share the peace as a part of being in the Lutheran Church. Uh, this is actually more than saying, hey, hi, to all your neighbors, but it is actually saying the forgiveness of sins to one another in a really small way. Saying, peace be with you, be quiet. All these other voices of saying doom and gloom in your ears, they don't have the last word. Instead, peace be with you. In the same way that Jesus appeared amongst all the disciples and said, peace. Right? Um, but just as some alternative ways that we can do that, there's all sorts of ways that we can share that peace. It doesn't necessarily have to be handshaking, but you're free to do that. At the same time, there's other ways. This is a bit before my generation, but you all know this sign, right? Uh, even I know this, right? Um, but there's also some great, uh, uh, learn some hand uh, sign language. So it's, it's this, if you guys want to follow along with me, this is a little tricky. So it is peace, so it's uh, sort of straight hands, turn, and down is peace. And then you take your two sort of fists like this, be with you. So peace, be with you. That's kind of a cool alternative way to share the peace without necessarily risking the handshaking bits of things. And actually this even directly translates as quiet, be with you. So quiet to all those voices out there saying doom and gloom, saying uh, that this disease is going to have the last word over you, but instead hearing Christ's peace. So as we share the peace here at the end of the service, that's just some things for you guys to consider. Thanks for uh, not necessarily coming up, but for listening and following along.
Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the eighth chapter. When Jesus had come down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And there was a leper who came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you choose, you can make me clean. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I do choose, be clean. Immediately, the man's leprosy was cleansed. Then Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. When Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, appealing to him and saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed in terrible distress. And he said to him, I will come and cure him. The centurion answered, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only speak the word and my servant will be healed. For I am also a man under authority with soldiers under me. I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my slave, do this, and the slave does it. When Jesus heard him, he was amazed and said to those who followed him, Truly I tell you, no one in Israel, nowhere in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from the east and from the west and will eat with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the heirs of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion, Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you according to your faith. And the servant was healed in that hour. When Jesus entered Peter's house, he saw his mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. Jesus touched her hand, and the fever left her. And she got up and began to serve him. That evening they brought to him many who were possessed by demons, and he cast out the spirits with a word and cured all who were sick. This was to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took our infirmities and bore our diseases. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. In today's gospel reading, we encounter three stories of Jesus healing those with sickness and disease. In the first vignette, Jesus encounters a man with leprosy. Leprosy was a highly contagious skin disease that caused great concern for people in the Old and New Testaments. Two chapters of Leviticus detail laws concerning those who have been affected by leprosy. There are details on how one is to be examined for leprosy and details concerning a process of quarantine. A person determined to have leprosy is commanded to live alone outside of the community. Leviticus 13.45 states that a leprous person who has the disease shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean, 
unclean. Now I wonder if covering the upper lip is starting to sound familiar to any of you. (laughs) I mean, is any of this ringing a bell? Do these Levitical laws suddenly seem relevant to our current predicament? For those of you listening to this sermon, um, to a recording, I have unveiled several props. We've got a face mask, some exam gloves, and a coveted bottle of hand sanitizer that I could probably sell on eBay for $50 if I was so inclined. Today, given recent events, I would like to talk about faithful living in the age of the coronavirus. And I would not have imagined a month ago that I would be preaching on this today, but just yesterday with five confirmed cases of the virus in our state and a nearby school district closed for cleaning, it feels right. So. I'm going to tackle this topic and attempt to make a graceful swerve back to our gospel reading and our Lenten theme of witnesses. Pray for me. As a community of faith, we at First Lutheran are monitoring the situation and we will be following any recommendations that come from the health department and our civic authorities. Elias showed you a cool new way you might want to share the piece later this morning, which you can implement along with other creative forms of greeting one another during this uncertain time. Today, I've just decided I'm not going to shake hands after the service, but I will nod or curtsy or any number of awkward things as you leave today. That's just my personal preference and my way of taking preventative measures. Our leadership also met earlier this week to review our practice of communing at the eight o'clock service by intinction. That's when you take the wafer and you dip it into the chalice of wine. And we've decided that starting this coming weekend, we are not going to do intinction any longer because fingers can get into the wine and potentially contaminate it. So we're going to continue communion, but offer individual cups of wine instead. And we'll stick with that practice from now on. It's just a better practice overall. If the spread of the virus continues to escalate in our community, people may be encouraged to stay home, especially those who are immunocompromised or are among the more vulnerable age groups. Our media ministry would become especially important in such a time, and we would work to provide spiritual care and services to our members online, by phone, and through a number of creative means. First Lutheran is also ready to help mobilize our members to respond to needs that come up in our community. So there might be an opportunity for you to serve those affected through the church's efforts down the line. And if you find yourself in need of help in the days to come, one place you can contact is the church office. We always want to be a source of help for our people, 
and we would work with our local partners as well as utilize some of our church's own resources to help respond to members of our faith community who are in need. It's kind of hard for me to stand here on March 11th and imagine what sort of needs our community might have one week from now, two weeks from now, and beyond. Perhaps this will all blow, blow over and be, as the kids say, a big fat nothing burger after all. But in a time like this, it is worth reflecting on how we as a church and we as Christians respond in times of outbreak. There's an article that was recently shared by our South Dakota bishop. This article was published in Christianity Today and is written by Emmy Yang. Emmy is a theology, medicine, and culture fellow at Duke Divinity School. The article is entitled, What Martin Luther Teaches Us About the Coronavirus. And here Yang writes, in 1527, less than 200 years after the Black Death killed about half the population of Europe, the plague reemerged in Luther's own town of Wittenberg and neighboring cities. And so Luther wrote a missive entitled, Whether One May Flee from a Deadly Plague. And here the famous reformer weighs the responsibilities of ordinary citizens during times of contagion. And so Luther's advice serves as a practical guide for Christians confronting infectious disease outbreaks today. Yang's article pointed me to the original source of Luther's writing. And as usual with Luther, there is a lot of rich material for the Christian to mine. Luther argued that anyone who stands in relationship of service to another has a vocational commitment not to flee. Those in ministry must persist in comforting God's people and administering the sacraments. Public officials are to stay and maintain civic order. Servants like physicians and police officers, public servants, must continue their civic duties. And of course, parents and guardians must persist faithfully in their vocational duties toward their children or other loved ones in their care. Luther also encourages his community to tend to the needs of the vulnerable as they are able, but he does not encourage his readers to expose themselves recklessly to danger. In fact, to disregard public health advice would ultimately bring the community more harm. Luther writes this. He says, use medicine, take potions which can help you, Fumigate the house, yard, and street. Shun purses and persons and places wherever your neighbor does not need you or has recovered. And act like a man who wants to help put out the burning city. Act like a man who wants to help put out the burning city. I like that quote, even if the pronoun doesn't fit me perfectly. Luther also has a lot to say about fear and faith in his letter. 
Luther argues that the devil will use times like this to stir up panic, worry, and despair in your heart. In such times, Luther warns Christians, do not forget and lose Christ, your light and life, and do not desert your neighbor. And here we uncover the heart of the matter, which this verse of our gospel reading states so clearly, Jesus embodied a ministry of healing and compassion in order to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took our infirmities and bore our diseases. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, namely sin, disease, and death. No sickness can ever separate you from his love, for you forever belong to him. Death and suffering do not have the final word over us. As one pastor in Wuhan has said, Christ's peace is not meant to remove us from disaster and death, but rather to have peace in the midst of disaster and death because Christ has already overcome these things. There were three healing stories mentioned in our gospel reading today. In the first, Jesus healed a man of leprosy. In the third story, Jesus comes to the aid of Peter's mother-in-law, a woman who suffered from an unusually high fever. Verse 15 says that Jesus touched her hand and the fever left her and she got up and began to serve him. The woman was restored to serve. So too, God will deliver and restore us in times of trouble that we may live to serve him and our neighbor in need. The one who created all that exists and gave us the gift of life can be trusted to see us through this and every challenging time. We are witnesses to his compassionate love, his healing power, and his eternal life. Amen.
With the whole church, let us confess our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated.
Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless our God. May God create. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. Feel free to share the peace as you leave worship today. <laughs>